0: I'm Chris Kepler, and welcome to Does This Happen to You? I'm an actor, voice actor, audiobook narrator, and writer. I love reading, pondering, and sharing humorous stories about the freakish things that happen in everyday life. That's why this podcast features funny stories from fantastic writers about our daily aberrations, a micro-audiobook about life and befuddlement just for you. Our story this week is from Brad Snyder, who you'll find on medium.com. And here is, Every day I pray my seven-year-old daughter will quit the violin. It's a twinkle, twinkle daily nightmare. There are so many reasons I want my daughter to ditch the violin. A few days ago, she screamed like a raving lunatic when she couldn't play May song correctly. As Emma hurled herself backward onto her bed, yelling, I can't do it! I can't do it! Her violin bow, not for the first time, nearly poked my eye out. Last week, she moped for a solid hour because she did not qualify for the ice cream party reserved for students who met the 100 days of practice challenge. Who are these kids, and do they not know about Netflix?" Emma did four consecutive days of practice and argued that it was worthy of celebration. I gave up fighting with her about resuming the challenge after she gritted her teeth at me so hard she caused herself a bloody lip. It's one thing to push her to read or do math, which might enable her to one day afford a vacation home in Aspen that I can visit in retirement. But fighting the good fight over musical enrichment at the risk of substantial dental injury is something else entirely. I haven't even mentioned what's involved with the actual lessons. I rush to leave work early each Monday to arrive for our 5.15 p.m. start time. The Suzuki method, I did not research this enough, parents, positions me as a learner alongside my daughter. I force a wide grin as the teacher asks whether I've followed the critical move from the D string to the A string. I haven't, not at all, but I am going to say yes! I nod vigorously as the teacher emphasizes that my daughter's pinky finger needs to be curved just so, or else her violin, maybe even my daughter herself, will explode. My other role in these lessons is to record them with my iPhone. This is a unique form of torture, as every part of me wants to be doing important work, like finding inspiration on Pinterest for rearranging our cereal cabinet, ordering Q-tips on Amazon, or Googling Rihanna's net worth, $1.4 as of six seconds ago. Instead, I hold the phone steady and pray that the teacher cannot read my mind, which is filled with the same thought every week. Namely, why can't you record these instructions yourself and post them to YouTube to make life simpler for, well, everyone? Yesterday, the teacher forgot what time our lesson started and I had to wait 15 minutes. Fifteen minutes to begin our 30-minute lesson. At the 12th minute, I emailed my husband with the subject header, violin, saying, I can't do this. Twice, I picked up my daughter's violin case in an attempt to leave, but a bout of sudden-onset parental guilt paralyzed my legs. I am starting to appreciate my parents, yes, you, boomers, and their approach to parenting. I cannot remember a single childhood conversation about my clarinet. There was no push for me to practice, nor resistance when I decided to quit after just a year. My older sister also quit clarinet. Why were we playing clarinet after two years? At some point in middle school, my parents also let her quit tennis and then dance with Nary a Fight. It was the Reagan era, and by all accounts the golden age of easy breezy parenting. Then there's the issue of my daughter's fingernails. For weeks our teacher has explained how much easier it would be for Emma to play if we just cut her nails. We can do that, I say, while crossing my fingers behind my back. I don't mention that for the first five years of my daughter's life The only person Emma would let touch her nails was our cleaning lady during bi-weekly visits. Emma now has to leave for school before our cleaning lady arrives, so cutting her nails is another epic fight. Naturally, things have slipped. At our most recent lesson, our violin instructor suggested she could cut Emma's nails for us. At first, I assumed this was an effort to shame us into doing it ourselves, and I called her bluff. Please, have at it, I said. The instructor waved her violin bow three times, and poof, a little zippered bag appeared in her hands. She opened it up to grab her magic scissors. I was thrilled. Any outsourcing of parental responsibility makes me feel like some kind of genius from McKinsey and Company. But alas, the instructor could not locate her scissors. This was devastating. Being able to combine a chore like nail cutting with violin instruction is the only thing that could make me root for my daughter to continue her musical education. So, I have begun experimenting with the nuclear option during her violin-inspired tantrums to force an end to all this. The first time I shouted, if you don't stop, I'm sending the violin back and your lessons are over. I realized I'd made a rookie mistake. I made it sound too much like a punishment. She immediately resisted, promising to behave, to practice every day, and to even let someone besides our cleaning lady cut her nails. I tried a different tact the next time I sought to manipulate her into violin retirement, which was either yesterday or five minutes ago. I started with empathy for her plight. I agree that it's way more fun to throw paper ninja stars across our living room than to practice the violin, I said. Would you like to throw some paper ninja stars across the living room, perhaps even at my head? I hope my expression of understanding would signal openness to her taking ownership of her musical journey by quitting. But she didn't take the bait. She replied, It's okay, Daddy. I can practice first and then throw paper ninja stars at your head. So I need help. I would never tell her to quit. I'm obviously a very good parent. I'm left only with the hope that one or ideally several of her classmates will explain to her that playing the violin is lame. Last night, my husband and I arrived home and were greeted by tender sounds from a pitch-perfect violin. We thought it might be coming from our daughter's Suzuki Violin School, Volume 1, CD, the one we are to listen to 79 times a day. But it was Emma playing her violin while a babysitter listened with pride. It was wonderful, and for at least three seconds, I felt gratitude that Emma has continued with her lessons despite my daily prayers for her to quit. How did you get her to do that? I asked the babysitter. I gave her a choice between reading her violin, she replied. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this story, let me know and share it with your friends. Follow me at ChrisNarrates on Twitter or Chris K. Kepler on Facebook or check out my website, ChrisKepler.com.